Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nasty, and I listen to them too, there's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring fantasy play games as Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Dane. And today, we're checking out the player cards in Into the Maelstrom. I the just... epic conclusion to the fish-themed cycle, Fishtopia, the fish story. I just want to say that, uh, you know, right back at the beginning of Insmith, I think I commented that they were really just on a, just a complete winning streak with these Mythos Pack names. And uh, that has continued. The Mythos Pack names in Innsmouth, there hasn't really been a bad one. They've all been excellent. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Horror and high gear, fantastic. It's also, it's kind of a weird spot for the game because I think normally right about now or like a couple weeks ago, we would have gotten, if not an official spoiler for the next campaign, we would have gotten some kind of unofficial like Estonian, uh, you know, localization of it or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but we still don't have anything. And we've heard weird uh kind of like interesting tantalizing you know hints from mj uh Mm -hmm. so we we don't know what the next stuff is called but insmith is just about done i mean the back back yeah i mean the back of this always has a vague hint in the designer's notes and then uh yeah but she did say that uh i think because there was some type of pandemic that has delayed that delayed the next cycle a little bit longer than unusual so yeah people were yeah, well people were guessing maybe like ithaqua or some kind of arctic thing because of the hint in the last uh pack so maybe i don't know yeah we'll find out i mean right now that we gotta deal with these giant fish that is true <laughs> exactly yeah. should we uh, uh one giant, giant just like this man should we just jump right in and just immediately start talking about these cards i don't think this man's gonna make it in this art you know you never know i'd be a friendly <laughs> It could be like Hello? in uh, the classic film mark. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, where right when you think the big fish is about to eat the Jedi and Jar Jar Binks, an even bigger fish <laughs> shows up to eat the big fish, and then Qui Gon says, "There's always a bigger fish." It could yeah. be just. It could be just like that. Could be, could be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be that. So let's let's hope to George Lucas. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, for now, though, <laughs> let's uh, let's just begin and uh, read read some of these here cards that we got here. Uh, so. The first card is a Guardian Asset, uh, cost three, level three. Sorry, Guardian Event, cost three, level three, called Hallow. It has a willpower icon and a question mark icon. It's a spell and it's blessed. And it says, as an additional cost to play Hallow, return a total of 10 blessed tokens to the token pool from the Chaos Bag or sealed on cards in play. Uh, remove one Doom from any card in play. Uh, hmm, it's kind of interesting right there. Uh, so what do you guys, what do you guys think about Hallow? It is, uh, I mean, removing Doom is, you know, it's effectively an extra turn in most, most cases. Um, in some scenarios, it could be multiple extra turns if it's one of the scenarios where Doom sticks around, you know, past the agenda for whatever reason. Um, so that's always good. So it's really like evaluating, like, can we get those 10 blessed tokens in the bag without spending, you know, more than a turn's worth of do you, resources? Do you guys <laughs> um, remember when fortune or fate first came out? And I think our initial reaction to it was, this is incredible. Like we're all going to play this card. and It's going to be great. And we weren't like completely wrong. It's just that we kind of found that it's 
not always worth a slot because it does cost XP and it does exile itself and, and whatever. And it costs money. Like it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's like, you often don't need it. Right. So this is kind of similar, but this to me is a lot more interesting because this doesn't exile itself. So that that opens up what, uh, you know, certain degenerate people might consider to be some interesting options with this card, right? (laughs) Oh no. Well, it's it. It's in a guardian. So it's a bit harder to do degenerate. These are, these are things, these are things that can be worked around. I mean, uh, you know, I hope you're not, I'm well, thinking of the V card. Well, uh, so here's what but... I'm thinking. You know that terrible card that Dane loves is just like an event that puts four blessed tokens in the bag? Oh, yes. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like you could put together a team where people are playing cards like that and recycling their decks really fast and playing this card a lot. And uh, there could be a lot of doom not happening. Like, we could have a can you finish every scenario in the game with zero doom on the first agenda challenge or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, I. I think it's in. I think it's in play with this. Like that's where that's where I, that's what I'm interested to see. I mean, keep faith is I'm I'm sure a key component of the degenerate survivor mm-hmm. uh, infinite shirt deck. Uh, uh, yeah, so hey, yeah. sure do you know? Do you know who can play keep faith and who I would have made fun of Dane for suggesting could play keep faith up until right now? <laughs> Tommy, Mandy can play keep faith, right? Because it's a level Hello. zero red card. It's an event. Yeah, you know who can cycle her deck pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just saying you know yeah but uh even without uh being degenerate um or, there's a lot of cards i've been at so this is the final set of blessed cards i assume we'll see until we return to uh ends with conspiracy and wherever however many years so but there are a couple of cards like uh someone in chat said it no uh the n the ally that starts with an n i don't want to say it Nephthys, Nephthys, Nef- Nef- whatever. Nef-tis. 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 As well as that, and there's a the seal of. Oh, man, I really should have looked at the names of these cards. <laughs> the card, what they call it, plays constantly. It gives me discounts on all of my, my all the cards I play. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. This is this is a pretty good payoff if you're sure you're going to have not just some blessed tokens, but if you're going to have a lot of blessed tokens. Uh, yes, right of sanctification. Even um, even if you're not doing any ridiculous combos with it, but I mean, you could also do ridiculous combos with it. So yeah, hmm. I I mean, without the I next think, combos, I think though, too, I, another kind of here. One of the first things that I thought of is actually I love this art very much because it kind of is like screaming like quiet. Obviously, she's like doing the shush thing, but also there's a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio in it called Shutter Island, and at a certain point in that movie, there's this really creepy old lady. Who does the same thing that she's doing right now? And I'm going to throw it in the chat because I want a re-art of this. <laughs> so is is this because are are you are you thinking that she's doing that gesture with her? She's not saying shh. She's pronouncing the first sort of partial syllable of the movie Shutter Island. Like she's <laughs> yes, she's telling yes. us to watch Shutter Island. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Intentional advertising, but also she's holding like nettles or something. Some kind of some some kind of plant. Yeah. Maybe a very secret quiet, plant. Very serene, sort of a. But uh, yeah, no, I think this is a cool card. Uh, you can do degenerate stuff with it. I think you could also just do it in a regular blast deck that doesn't have the degenerate stuff, and you'd be able to play it and make use of it. Uh, and it, what's nice about it, though, is it does let you take cards that you've sealed, uh, take the blast tokens off cards you've sealed them on. Um, if for whatever reason you want to do that, like maybe you have a particular weapon that, as a cost, seals a blast token, and you want to 
take those bus jumpers off without having to do extra nonsense. I, I can't imagine that such a weapon would ever exist, Ben, so I don't even yeah. know why you're bringing this up. <laughs> Um, yeah, we should we should move on to the next card just in case that's relevant. But I do just want to reiterate that I'm very excited for the win every scenario with zero doom on the agenda deck challenge because uh, let's come on oh, yeah. let, let's let's start thinking about it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's go to the next card. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. The next card uh, is one I'm very excited about. I think we all are. Holy spear. Holy Batman. spear. Uh, it is four resource costs. Is that English? It, it costs four to play. <laughs> it's a uh, level five asset. Commit it for one will and two com- and or two combat. Uh, it's an item, weapon, melee, and blessed, which means somebody can take. Oh wait, no, they can't. Never mind. <laughs> Action fight. When you get plus two, uh, you get plus two combat and deal plus one damage for this attack. When you initiate this ability, you may release a uh, blessed token sealed on Holy Spear. And as an action, you can search the chaos bag for two blessed tokens and seal them on Holy Spear to fight. And then you get plus four combat and deal plus two damage for this attack. And it takes up two hand slots. It's as heavy as a chainsaw or a straitjack. Well, it's a spear, which is a, a knife tied to a long stick. Mm. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so no. <laughs> I looked at this in the last two cards and it's like, oh, uh, you can just do this attack. You can have something that feeds Blessed Token into the bag, like Keep Faith or like Sister Mary, Mary's Ability or whatever other ways to generate Blessed Tokens. And you do the big powerful attack on this five times and then you remove a Doom using Hollow. <laughs> so you don't even bother using the, the, the weaker attack ever. Uh, and that seems like a good time. Just removing Doom and killing monsters, you look fast. Yeah, like so, I'm, I'm always skeptical about big two-handed weapons just because it's a pretty big limitation to only have one weapon and not have kind of like a, you know, that that's the issue with like flamethrower or lightning gun. But with this, right. because it never runs out of ammo because there is no ammo, it, I mean, it, like, like you don't get the raw power of flamethrower or lightning gun or whatever, but instead you get something that you can be very comfortable having as your main weapon, and once you have this in hand, you never really need anything else. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, and you, and you can actually inspiration it. Yeah, you reload the ammo by adding bless tokens, right? That's like how you mm-hmm. charge it up for its big attack. Uh, well, no, it's it's the opposite, right? Or, or you yeah, mean you, you you by adding to the chaos bag? You're yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. So like you do something to add bless tokens, and then you use this to put those bless tokens on it. And but, you can release them to give them back to maybe use the big attack again, but, or but, you can. But Ben, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be bad if you're hogging all the chaos tokens on the, all the the wonderful blessed tokens on this? How are people going to draw like three of them and then a plus one when they're doing some useless <laughs> test? If you're hogging all or of them, or fail. yeah, like you're you're killing the whole point of blessed tokens, which is for them to do absolutely nothing. Dan, the secret of blessed tokens is. Uh, there, there, it's a trick. You're supposed to think that, like, oh, you put them in the bag and you get plus two in a test. That's great. Uh, right. And you're like, mathematically, that does nothing. And you're right. Uh, really, they're a secret extra resource, uh, kind of like curse tokens. Because curse tokens are a little feel, a little, at least feel a little scarier. Right. They're, and they're a secret extra resource that you use to do other nonsense. Well, and. In this and- case, power your your holy stick and it's um, and it's worth mentioning that it, if you're trying to get to 10 so that you can play hollow it's much better to have them sealed on something so they don't just yeah. randomly get yanked out of the bag so exactly but but i, I should mention that yeah so that ally neftis or whatever that we talked about last time 
there is a little bit of anti-synergy if you're trying to use this and that because you, you're yeah. trying to seal on two different things and it might be tricky sometimes. But I'm, I'm not saying they can't be used together, just you got to be aware of it. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, this is what we've been waiting for, right? This is like this is like one of the big payoffs. The, the big payoff for Guardians, right? Other than like Halo. But like, this is like, we were, we were talking about like a blessed bazooka, which unfortunately is not the case, but we're here with Holy Spear and I am I'm liking it. I'm 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 gonna play it. Spear is also kind of like a throwing weapon, a ranged weapon, really. And a bazooka is also just kind of like a ranged weapon. So really, I think someone could make the case this is in fact a holy bazooka. Just you know, it's your arm is the the vessel. I mean, Zoe can literally throw it at people. You can do the the good old re- reliable and act of desperation combo to uh, throw it at something and then have it get pulled back to your head. I was, uh, was kind of hoping it would be nunchucks would be the big holy payoff weapon. So I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a good point, though. I mean, because this is the only thing you're ever going to want to use and never runs out of ammo, it is a reasonably good target for upgrades if you're going to try to put yes, reliables and whatnot on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You could, uh, what, what's, isn't there a, isn't there a, Not that you really need it, but... like plus one damage or something? Chandler. Turn. Yeah. You could throw that on there to make this even more. Holy. Doesn't that does that run out of does that run out of charges eventually or something? How does that work? You just exhaust it. So like oh, you get it that's... once per round. I mean that's still great though because yeah you'd love to just um you know it means like you can do that and use the super good attack on this and you can do you know four damage or you mm-hmm. can space them out. Oh, yeah. yeah, that that seems pretty solid actually. Yeah, it ain't bad. So- uh, any oh, oh one, one other thing just because we've already we've just talked about two cards that cost a bunch of XP so I I went back to put I, I just got the cards from the last two packs a couple days ago so I went back to like add them to my card box and so the, the the final three mythos packs of this campaign if I'm not mistaken have only upgraded cards in them for player cards mm-hmm. there's no level zero cards that's really weird like yeah. a, a lot of times we get like the final pack it's like all upgraded cards and maybe the second to last pack is like a lot of them but we've never had like no level zero cards in the entire back half before i mean i'm not complaining about that that's makes much way better it makes more sense i mean i'm i'm <laughs> complaining i'm complaining about it a little bit because i think level zero cards are a lot more interesting for deck building and stuff but it's not it's, it doesn't ruin the game like it's fine i just i hope this doesn't become like a new the new normal well, I was thinking about that, actually, and I think that maybe, like, Favor of the Sun and Moon, it felt like such a crime for them to not be printed in an earlier pack, or put in an earlier pack. So yeah. I'm thinking that maybe somewhere along the line, MJ or, or you know, whoever they look at, uh, like, the pack design and structure with, they were like, let's put these in the latter half, and then, like, just put all the level zero cards, which is kind of a strange decision, but maybe that's the way that it happened, because, like... This is the exact opposite case where we want like let level zero cards sprinkled in to the latter half. And then those cards, those ones that like favor the sun and moon that define like <laughs> blessed and cursed builds to be in like one of the first few packs so that you can play with them and, and have a consistent time with them. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure the, yeah. Harrison mentioned in chat that like all of the Innsmouth box was all level zero. So yeah, yeah, that's true. It, they could have rearranged the cards a little bit, but I think in general, I feel like in general, the, level cards and early packs make sense to me but yeah i guess that's fine i just uh i yeah i always i i, ho- I hope that they never shift the balance of putting in kind of like too many upgraded cards versus level zero cards um oh yeah i agree i want the overall yeah ratio to be the same i think so let's uh let's let's but, move on though to our, our third card uh so we got ancestral knowledge 
Um, this is a seeker asset, uh, no cost, level three. It's a talent, uh, permanent, exceptional. Your desk, your your deck must include at least ten skills. Your deck size is increased by five. Uh, reaction: Before you draw your opening hand, attach five random non-weakness skills from your deck face down to this card. Uh, free trigger, exhaust, ancestral knowledge. Draw one attached skill. Before we talk about how this card works, I want to take a moment to uh, commiserate with our buddy Harrison, because I know he's really disappointed right now. If this card was not exceptional, he would be able to play a 70-card Mandy deck with two versatiles (laughs) and two ancestral knowledges. But because this is exceptional... You can only play a sixty-five card Mandy deck. It's tough, yeah. So I know that's I know that's really hard on you, buddy. I just want to say I I see you and you're valid, and uh, you know maybe they'll errata it one day. It'll happen, or the, the, they're gonna they're gonna make the uh, in the return to Innsmouth, they're gonna make a level five or level one that's not exceptional that you can put in your deck. <laughs> and it just it just increases your deck size by five. That's all it does. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um. So this is like a, I don't know, man. I, I, the, making your deck bigger, we usually say uh, it's really hard to justify. And here, you're just you're making your deck bigger. You're immediately pulling out five random skills. skills. I guess you don't know what those skills are because they're face down. Um, oh yeah, that's interesting. Which I think I missed that first reading. Uh, I don't know if you actually get to look at them before you tuck them. I can't remember the rules for that, but uh, regardless, so it means your deck size is kind of the same it was before, at least until you start cycling your deck, because when you draw the cards out from under here, um, it means you'll get your skills sooner in the game, but they'll get discarded and cycled, and at that point, you are have a bigger deck to cycle through. That's that, yeah. that's the thing. Like The first time through your deck, okay, this basically gives you access to some skills. It gives you like some extra draws that are just going to give you some random skills, which is nice. I don't think it's amazing because it doesn't, you know, half the reason to draw early in the game is to find your kind of critical things like Pathfinder or Mr. Rook or whatever, like the kind of assets that you want to find that are really important. And this doesn't help you with that at all. So the first time through, okay, this gives you a couple extra draws and some skills, sort of nice. But then the remaining five or six times that you cycle your deck, uh, this is just, I mean, you, you just kind of like added five cards that you probably don't really need. So I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think this is very good. That's the other thing. So I was, I was kind of looking at this in terms of like, how does it compare to like Stick the Plan, for example, which does kind of a similar thing. It pulls like three cards that are that are a very specific trait out from your deck so that you can play them like turn one or whenever you want. And to have those at the ready is so much more powerful than having five random cards. That said, I think that is very important that this is five random cards because there are some skills, right? Like quick thinking and stuff that like can potentially be weird if you let somebody pull five cards out. There's just like combos abound, right? And I think that skills are generally kind of like half cards anyways, because they can only be used for like just committing to skill tests. So in that way, you're kind of like increasing your deck size by five, but putting like 2.5 cards worth of cards in your deck. It's kind of how I was thinking about it. Which again is is like what Dan was saying is fine the first time around, but then if you're like Mandy or Min or somebody who can just like blow through their deck really quickly, I mean I guess it's fine, but you also might not need them. What what if you're using this in someone that doesn't blow through their deck every time? If they're not not Min or Mandy, like maybe like Joe 
or Hubida yeah. was a what, what, what now? What are we talking about? <laughs> you're going to have to provide some more context, Ben. I'm not sure I follow. A seizure that can't cycle their deck five or six times? So that might be a while, but I vaguely recall when Dan played Joe, I don't think he cycled Joe's deck. That was also a long time ago. Uh, but uh, I mean, the, the secret card pool has gotten a little bit spicier since then. Um, but no, I, I mean, you're, yeah, you're kind of right, but I don't know. Does Joe really... See, here's here's the real problem with this card. If this was level zero, you could talk me into like playing it just, just for fun. Just like, oh, maybe, maybe it'll be interesting. But it costs six XP because it's exceptional. Yeah. Like, that. that's so that's much. Fun, yeah. And maybe it was just up pretty. Yeah, so well, so that's the thing is at the very least, like I mean, I think it would be crazy. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to word this too strongly because you know, play whatever cards you want. But I really think that you should get two studiouses before you even think about getting this card. And you probably still shouldn't get this card. But if you don't have two studiouses, get the studiouses first. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I kind of was thinking about it more in comparison to like stick to the plan or like versatile. But like when you compare it to studious, studious just like is is like like leaps and bounds better studious is right? one of the most underrated cards in the game it's incredibly it's good so incredible it's so good is and it underrated? i think it's just kind of like a boring pickup but you get it it's <laughs> exactly really good. it doesn't feel yeah. great to pick up oh i think it feels <laughs> like, really good to pick up but <laughs> but i would just i would always pick up two studious before i picked up one ancestral knowledge yeah 100 percent. yeah that's that's it, completely true uh, and I think that this is just maybe just that it's a victim of that. Like maybe it'll it'll get tabooed. Probably not. But maybe if if there was something that would be worth tabooing, I would want this to be tabooed to just be less experienced. Because like seekers now after the seeker apocalypse, like actually have to think about the things that they're they're upgrading into. Like Mandy has to think like get Mr. Rook and the first eight experience has to be dedicated. I mean, they think about it. They just have to actually spend experience to get the really Yeah, exactly. But, but you can't you can't just be like, all right, I start with two Mr. Rooks in my deck, two experience yeah. for Pathfinder, a third experience for like Pen into the Queen, and then like you've just got a deck that's just like way better than every other class has ever could could ever hope to be with no matter amount the experience. The, the seeker pop thing is such a crazy thing to call that to be list it's like if a basketball team lost their like fourth best player and then won the title the year after it's like oh wow they really got apocalypsed or whatever um but no like like for, for real though uh one thing i want to mention about this the secret other downside to this card imagine how annoying it's going to be but for every scenario you have to look at your whole deck pull out all the skills oh there's a skill there's a skill there's another skill make a little pile shuffle them pick five random ones it's gonna be annoying who wants to do that yeah it's yeah it's not it's not that bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm still trying. I think I'm trying to think of a good use case for this card. I'm struggling. I think I think that I would play it in min as like as like a later pickup. Just like if I have like a million cards that draw me cards, anyways, min's gonna make use of skills. So like I could see. It, it, it's the just yeah. For me, I think is it it lets you if you are a little bit reliant on having skills to pass tests early on. It lets you focus on mulliganing for your assets and not be worried about like oh, I kind of really want to keep a skill around. But you know, this is probably heresy to Dan. I mean, but, well, no, uh, I mean, but that's, I mean, I would never do that anyway. Cause normally the, the things that you want earliest, like you're probably not going to run into a test where you really need a skill. Like immediately, you don't need deduction level two on turn, like one or two. You want to hmm. draw those later. What you need early is like Milan or whatever your like ally is. You want like your, your permanents that are going to kind of like set you up and get you <sighs> powered up, you know, like that's what you want to mulligan for anyway. Yeah. You know, that's a really good... It lets you blow up your hand faster if you're doing some type of big hand deck and you want to turn on the big hand stuff. I don't know. I reckon in the chat just mentioned that if, like, it can help you find, like, weird combo pieces, like three aces. Like, 
for Mandy, but like if if you only if you have zero skills like to start, pick this up and have exactly five skills in your deck. You will always have five skills in your like those five exact five cards will go under this, right? Yeah, so that's something to think about. Maybe I mean Mandy usually doesn't have oh, a super hard time finding time. cards though. You know, like you can oh, yeah. you can basically you can basically find whatever cards you want all the time. So. It, it is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting card. I I think it's pretty bad. Definitely, just get studiouses before you before you go crazy on this. That's my only yeah. recommendation. Um, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and I'll I'll read the the next card. Uh, oh, I'm very excited about this one. So this is oh, Ariadne's Twine. <laughs> yeah, this is a Seeker asset, cost zero, level three, two intellect icons. It's a ritual, and it says, uses zero secrets. What? Zero secrets? What good can it possibly be? Uh, secrets mm. on Ariadne's Twine can be spent as if they were on any asset controlled by an investigator at your location. Uh, fast trigger, exhaust Ariadne's Twine, move one secret from an asset you control to your resource pool as a resource, or vice versa, and it takes up an arcane slot. Okay, mm. I was gonna crack a magic joke and a pistol knowledge, but like, come on, this art is straight out of Theros, right? Like, yeah, it has that kind of a vibe <laughs> is, to it. Is, what even is this art? <laughs> this is also, I mean, isn't isn't there a card that lets you like move, uh, you know, charge counters around or something? Like, but the, yeah, Eldritch Sophist. Yeah, well, well, no, but I'm thinking that there were, was a magic version of that card even before this. Oh but, uh, yeah, 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 power yeah. conduit or something. But no, but but, but uh, but uh. Reference to the whatever mythological story this is from, which I looked up when I saw this name like three weeks ago, but I've since forgotten. It's so, uh, it's yes. it's Greek. It's the lady that knit stuff out of spider webs or whatever. Yeah, it's it's also it's the name of a Inception character. Um, but anyway, so I think maybe I, I don't remember. This is a super exciting card, right? Because uh, you can do a lot of bullshit if you have secrets, right? In almost every way possible. Like this card is just very very tight design. Yeah. Cost zero, takes up a slot that you don't really care about as a seeker, gives you two int boost if you, if you can't use it, like if you draw it really late in the game or something, you know, like. The, the cost zero two int symbols is important because it just means that there's like no downside. Um, right. Yeah. But I, yeah. And again, takes up a slot that you usually don't care about as a seeker. But this is just really exciting because there's so many things you can do with a secret that are worth way more than a resource where you would like very happily spend a resource to get an extra one. So the i mean like mr rook uses secrets right also old old book of lore and a bunch of other tomes like uh scroll, scroll of prophecy the yeah the, the the goddamn necronomicon for one <laughs> necronomicon. Uh, although i mean that's been i i kind of like pretend that that has been banned just because it was so yeah. insane but it, you know if you if you do want to use it you, this certainly helps you power it up even the um so the new the new research cards from uh not research but the new undiscovered cards from um Elizabeth, the book or whatever the cryptic oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cryptic tome mm, yeah. those right. also remember there's one of them that you can spend five secrets to instead of drawing any counter card draw one of your cards that's pretty cool and what, what we said was like if you can come up with enough seeker bullshit to put a million secrets on this it's a very good payoff oh my god this is part of that this basically gets you an extra secret every turn this is like this is like bordering on weird like like commander dumb magic bullshit right like this is like you shouldn't normally be able to move secrets and charges between things because like thematically it doesn't make sense, sure but like this through this, like it makes sense, <laughs> which is weird. Well, you can, scary. I mean, you can think about it as like, uh, yeah, it is kind of strange that you can move 
you can put secrets on other assets you control. It would be fine if you just move them onto this because you can spend them off of this as if they were on anything else, right? Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, no. The, so the only reason that this is not, I think, an incredibly like broken, awesome card is just that the kind of Mr. Rook plus Astounding Revelation engine already gives you a bunch of secrets. So mm. like if Mandy is just needs to keep Mr. Rook online, I'm not sure she really needs this, although I'd probably still play it anyway, just because it's fun. Um, but I think like, it's it's still good for her, but I think like for Daisy, who needs to keep Old Book of Lore online, you know, you can use Astounding Revelation, but it's maybe not quite as good. So I think that like, yeah, I think this is really, really good for multiple very good secret decks. Yeah. And uh, you, there, it also, you can use it on your allies too, right? So if you think about the rest of your team, like the Mystic oh, yeah. Seven. What, so they can, so they can use some, so they can use Mind's Eye or some dumb bullshit that like heals horror or something? Like, no, come on. The <laughs> case I was thinking of was, uh, yeah, Diana. Uh, yeah, Diana. Yeah, okay, that, that, that's fair. Another ward every turn or whatever, deny whatever you have tucked into Diana. So. No, that, that, that is a good point. There, there's definitely a couple of other cards out there that do powerful things with secrets that are not, uh, that are not secret cards. Yeah. But yeah, it seems pretty good. Yeah, this so. is this is a card I've been looking forward to most, I think, from from the pack, maybe from the whole cycle. I don't know. It's a pretty cool card. Anything else to say, or should we move along? So let's move along. I'm very excited about this next card too. By the way, <laughs> this card is very, or this pack is just generally very exciting. Yeah. Uh, next card is a rogue card, uh, 25 automatic. This is a uh, new asset. It's it's actually an upgrade of the level zero introduced in in the. Corrin's myth, right? Um, it co- still costs four resources. It is now level two, and it commits for a combat and an agility icon. It is an item, weapon, firearm, illicit. Hello, Finn. And <laughs> Preston can't play it. Uh, it's fast still. Uses four ammo, so great stats there. Uh, as an action, spend one ammo. Fight. If the attacked enemy is exhausted, you get plus two combat and deal one damage for this plus one damage for this attack. And then as a triggered ability, after you evade an enemy at your location. Perform the above fight ability without spending an action. Takes up a hand slot. This is like made for Finn, right? <laughs> like this is you you play Finn because you want this card in your deck versus Trish. Because normally I think you probably now just play Trish anyway, but like this is fantastic for Finn. I mean, it works. It's good for Trish too, because uh, it means like Trish can evade it, uh, can uh, pick up a clue. Triggering an evaded enemy and then get to shoot a gun. You know? Right, because I'm grasping at straws for reasons to play Finn over Trish. Please let well, me have this. Because no, come on, Finn. Finn is Finn is quite good. Finn is not like made yeah. obsolete by Trish, but um, because it, it it's important that it says after you evade, not after you successfully evade. So if you evade somehow like off of Trish's ability, or even if you play something like a what is it, cunning distraction or whatever, like that still works. Yeah. yeah. And also, it doesn't it doesn't exhaust either, right? So you could evade three enemies and shoot all of them. Yep. Uh, which, which, by by the way, that what, what what imagining that what that feels like to me is like some just absolutely like Matrix gun kata John Wick <laughs> bullshit, where you like backflip over somebody's head and just like dome them in the skull, like as you're like flipping over them or something. Oh, yeah. It's it just feels really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, another thing to note is. You don't have to shoot the enemy you just evaded, so it's just oh, after yeah. you evade, you can then use the fight ability. See, that's so, even cooler. Like you, yeah. you backflip over like three different dudes, and the whole time you're just like John wooing it against like the big boss or whatever. That's so cool. <laughs> and also, more reasons why Rita is just not 
great. Because all of the rogues can take this, but she can't. Can you can you play a swift reload like it? Well, well, yeah. So you could do a couple of evasions, and then play a swift reload, and that would be like the even cooler, like dropping the clips out of the guns while you're like in slow mo backwards, and then like you know throwing in an extra one, and then yeah, very very John Woo. I love it. So yeah, d- definitely seems like strong action compression there, especially if you're already good at evading. Um, Sakura is Tony really benefit from it that much but tony's fine on his own yeah what's interesting about to me about this is it, it's too experienced to upgrade this and look, the only change is this reaction and like an extra icon uh it's definitely so it's, it's level two so it's not just yeah. rogues that can play it. it's going to fit really well into uh you know gun murderer wendy deck uh right it's <laughs> <laughs> yes it will like that, can take it. yeah the, the the person that's just like uh you know backflipping over everybody and like uh <laughs> ex- execution style just killing about, people about yeah. old man old man larry uh, yeah it's it's like you're you're you're, you're, you're pitching you're you're pitching a, it's like you're pitching a movie to a hollywood studio it's like all right it's like john wick meets little orphan annie i can see it now it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna be a blockbuster oh yeah no leo leo can take that um uh suggestion level one and add his will to his evasion, and then use the <laughs> use the gun, and then be base seven with the gun. Uh, yeah, man. it's like it's like the lobby scene in the Matrix, but with an old man and a young girl. It's totally normal. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, no, is, this is super cool. I like it. Yeah, great, yeah. great card, great card, great gun. All right, good stuff. And we move on to the next card. Gross. Hate it. Wow, okay. Let's move on, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is Justify the Means. It is a level three rogue skill. Uh, It's practiced and cursed. Uh, Practiced, of course, means uh, Amanda can take it, right? Or is she only zero to two practiced? I think she's zero to three. All right. So she can cut her hand and do blood sacrifices. Great. I don't think Uh, think it's going to be an issue, honestly. (laughs) You may commit Justify the Means to any type of test. As an additional cost to commit, justify the means to a skill test, add curse tokens to the cast bag equal to this test difficulty. This test automatically succeeds. Mm. So this is another... I feel like we've seen a lot of cards recently that are like, you know, pay curse tokens or bless tokens and you automatically succeed in a test or something like that. Yeah, these are the payoffs, and, right? These are the, the things that you build towards and to, to do, other than just having general. Well, this is no, no. This is the opposite. This I think of as something that is mostly good if you're trying to fill the bag with curse tokens. Yeah. Because yeah, other than that, I doesn't seem good. Yeah, because I mean, like you're gonna you're gonna commit this to a test that's probably like four or five difficulty. Otherwise, you'll just pass it using the skill card usually, right? A regular skill. Card. That's that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, it's just weird because it feels like you're either going to not need this or it's going to require putting a ton of curse tokens in the bag, which unless you want a ton of curse tokens in the bag is probably not a great idea. Compare it to pop promise of power, which is level zero and it gives you four symbols, which often is basically like you automatically, you don't automatically pass, but like you're very likely to pass and it only adds one curse token. I mean, you can use this on some like really critical test, I guess, um, that you really have to pass, or, or near the end of the scenario where you don't care about the curse tokens much. It's also worth noting, I mean, this is out of Rogue, right? So you're to be playing Faustine Bargains. So mm. there's probably going to be somewhere between one and four-ish tokens in there anyway. Maybe more if you're playing more like weird curse stuff that's just generally good. So like, 
you there might be a situation that you just can't play this because the additional cost means that you have to put the things in the bag, right? It does yeah, seem you have to, you have to be able to pay the cost. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like there are better there there's better cards you can put in your deck that have curse tokens as the cost than this. Yeah, I mean, is there some type of degenerate deck you could do where you're just constantly adding curse tokens and removing them and then replaying this? You pass every test. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it probably is. So the, who's that? Dexter. The so problem Pina? is it, it kind of goes in the wrong direction. Like, there's not there's there's ways to like quickly remove all the blessed tokens because you like spend them on something mm-hmm. like Hallow. There's not a lot of ways to just immediately remove a ton of curse tokens. Uh, Safina, yeah. acts of fate. You can if you like put a ridiculous amount of. Uh, curses in the bag and then you use tides of fate as safina yeah they all become blessed tokens then you can use this again well no you you play this then you play tides of fate then you play hallow yeah, yeah. um yes. well no or or, we or for real so it's too bad that it's not like level two so that you know like curses dexter or somebody could play it dexter. but yeah. if you're playing like if you're playing all the curse spells then maybe you really want to just like okay it's turn two there's three curses in the bag i want 10 curses in the bag you know, like that yeah. could be, that's, that's really the only circumstance I could think of to play this and I'm still not totally sold, but it's worth thinking about. Yeah. I mean, it helps yeah. you set up your favor of the moon or whatever you need. Right. And like, it just helps you set up other stuff. So I think it's all right. I, I, I'm happy it, it exists. Are yeah. Are really interesting the- combo of favor of the moon. Uh, by playing Insmith with some friends and they're doing curse decks and they're using the, uh, the neutral card, mostly dead. Curse tokens, but this could be an alternative where, they, yeah, temp fate, or they have the curse tokens and they immediately seal them with here with the moon. The art really grosses okay. me out. FFG, please do not make a play out of this. <laughs> uh, should we move on to the next coming card? summer twenty twenty one? No, let's go to the next. Let's go to the next one. All right, uh, oh man, I have to read this one. Uh, so the next, the next one is uh, Lucky Dice, level three. Um, so this is a rogue asset. It's cost two, level three. It has a willpower and agility icon. It's an item and a relic. It's exceptional. It says, uh, reaction, when you reveal a non-curse, non-tentacles chaos token, add one curse token to the chaos bag, ignore the just revealed token, and reveal another one to resolve. If that token has a curse or tentacle symbol, return lucky dice to your hand, cannot be ignored or canceled, and it takes up the accessory slot. So in comparison to the eroded version of lucky dice... The only difference is that it triggers off of curse tokens as well as auto fail. When it triggers, instead of spending two resources, you add a curse token and then it, it triggers again. If you see a tentacle or a curse token, then return it to your hand instead of removing it from the game. Is that right? Yeah. So, you, yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't get trashed anymore. It just goes back in your hand. So it's like the two resource cost is just to replay it now. So it's, it's definitely better because it's more likely to trigger instead of paying money, you add a curse, which is usually better. And even if it does sort of double trigger, instead of removing it from the game, you just bounce it back to your hands. I feel like it's more likely to double trigger though, because you're probably playing this as a deck where you want to add curses. Definitely. Uh, But, but if it's double, like if it double triggers by like you revealed a, I mean, it still has the same fundamental problem with lucky dice, which is the main thing you'd want this to do is protect you from tentacles. And it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think it is better, but like, does anyone, have you guys ever tried Lucky Dice? I think the only person I'd ever want to try to get Lucky Dice on is Wendy. And now she can't take it because this is now six experience <laughs> at, at exceptional level three. 
Oh, versus yes. the other one, which is now which is exceptional level two. It's six so, experience yeah. too. If it you is. if you it want is. if you want an exceptional neck that costs like six XP and there's only one copy in your deck, get one of the get the weird like whistle thing or whatever from a couple of packs ago. That was at Pocket least watch. yeah, the, 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 or Pocket that watch. yeah. The, there, there's it's more so there's more fun choices than this. If you want kind of like a weird interesting accessory, I think. Yeah, yeah. I and, think it's fun and thematic, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a way to maybe quickly generate curse tokens. Uh, yeah. Hopefully like you play it and then you maybe do a couple tests and it just adds some curse tokens in there. Yeah. But that's true. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth, worth the next slot. Like there's lots of other strong stuff and yeah, no, it's cost, it cost as much or less experience. It's, like, it's, a, it's a good point though. Cards. I, I hadn't, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, you could just like draw a minus two, say, I don't care about this test and say, I'm going to ignore it at a curse and then try again if you're trying to load it up with curses. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe, maybe it would work with like that kind of curse spells build. But again, it's level three, like the previous card. So you can't play it in Dexter or somebody. Maybe Safina could play it or something. What does what the green covenant do? Uh, you. When you draw a curse token, you may exhaust it, and then you just remove it from the bag, and then you just try again. So it's like it's it's as if you never drew, basically. Yeah, it's not super helpful. I mean, I guess uh. it's it, it protects you from like if you're like I want to draw curse tokens on my spells, but I don't want to draw them in Mythos phase. You can kind of use it to like have a lot of curses in the bag, but be sort of protected. We're talking yeah, about the maybe, covenant now, but maybe maybe type of uh, curse Safina or something. Yeah. Uh. Um, Harrison's asking, does this work for Henry Wan or the gambling ally? Yeah, Henry Wan is the gambling person, right? And it is. It's yeah. when you reveal. It's not when you reveal as part of a test. Right. So that's, yeah, that's that's something. Didn't Henry Wan become better if you, like, filled the bag with blessed and cursed tokens or something? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The math, like, changed ever so slightly to, like, be favorable. But also did, you could just did, include did, other yeah, allies. Did it actually make him good? Did the, someone did the math and did it somehow make him good? The real, the real Innsmouth conspiracy is that the designers are trying to finally make Henry Wan good. That's uh, that's that's the secret behind all of it. That's the motivation for all the blessed tokens, all the cursed tokens. The other it's the conspiracy, but they definitely add cards in later cycles to try to reinvigorate old cards. Uh, I think they, if they, they do an entire them. cycle just to make Henry Wan not like the worst card in the game, that counts as a conspiracy to me. But. <laughs> The other thing that's pretty funny about this, I was like, oh, you could take this if, if you're like going for a theme, right? Like if you're going for a gambler theme, which cycle has, has gambling as a theme? Ooh, Dunwich Legacy, where Lucky Dice, level three, exceptional, is half of the experience that you get from, from <laughs> Dunwich. Like, why would you ever pick this up, even in a thematic set? I would uh, I, w- I would like to take this opportunity to recommend to people that the Criterion channel currently has a special series of gambling-themed movies streaming including Ooh. like a uh, California split uh, Bob Le Flambert, lots of really good movies. So if you like gambling and you like movies, check that out. No, no uncut gems. Unfortunately, it's still too new, but you could also, you could watch that separately. Uh, sh- anything else to talk about or should we, should we move on? Uh, you might want to, you might want to give your, your browser a quick refresh there, uh, Dan. Or move nope. God damn it. I would definitely don't do that. Nope. No, nope. Just move on to the next card. Dan, why are you trying so- to, why are you trying to sabotage the stream? <laughs> I'm not trying to sabotage anything. Jay, I'm going to remove permission for you to edit the slides if you're going to try to add nonsense to them. Uh, darn, no Dane nonsense. Read the card, Dane. If you read a Netrunner card, I don't know. I'll... It wasn't even a good Netrunner card that Dane was trying to reference. Well, that's a point. So this card, uh, the card that we're going to be talking about, is, is a mystic card called Right of Equilibrium. Um, was it spoiled before? I don't remember. Anyway, uh, it is a... 
zero cost event level five. Uh, you commit it for one uh, wild symbol, and it is a spell, blessed, and cursed. Either choose one. On one hand, <laughs> you can, I don't know what that little symbol is, add X curse tokens to the chaos. It's a fancy bullet point, Dave. It's not okay. that complicated. Okay. <laughs> We've seen it before. Fancy bullet point. Add X curse tokens to the chaos bag to add X blessed tokens to the chaos bag. Another fancy bullet point. Remove X curse tokens and add X blessed tokens from the chaos bag to heal X horror from among cards at your location. Art by Adam S. Doyle, which is also important because there's another very, very similar art in another game called Netrunner on the card Cradle by Adam. I, I love the colors. I love the texturing. I also would be so happy if they started okay. just taking like Netrunner art, kind of applying like a blur <laughs> filter to it or like making it sepia toned and just like photoshopping in random like 1920s stuff to cover up the computers. That would be really funny <laughs> to me. And I'm sure it's in as well. I don't give don't give FFG ideas like that, Dan. I, I mean, like, think oh, of man, we, could save, we could save some money. Yeah, think of how they much money the whole, they could save they, on the art. They did an entire uh, product that was just Photoshop art of cat heads on <laughs> Arkham cards. <laughs> that is true. They did do that. You, ben, you're you're going to be so mad when they announce that you know the the stuff that they're like, oh, we have some really cool stuff in the works post COVID. When they announce that it's like an Android Arkham crossover expansion to this game <laughs> that involves like time travel and cyber hacking, you're going to be so mad and i'm we're gonna have a great time with it that's what i think <laughs> yeah. oh my god so the card itself uh this seems like a incredible way to quickly fill the bag with curse and bless tokens yeah this, this um, is like uh, and also i guess it heals i also i guess it heals horror but i feel like you don't play that card because card is secondary effect well I mean, the thing is uh, that carolyn can now take it because i mean it heals horror healing healing horror d- does a lot that's- more than just adding a bunch of useless tokens to the bag right i mean i, mean, I guess the second part <laughs> yeah carolyn could take it uh, yeah. the second part i guess means like if you want to pull the tokens out of the bag in order to be able to play cards that require you to put them back in the bag right because that's like a recurring resource is just those 10 tokens so I, I, this definitely seems like it could fit into a lot of uh blessed and cursed teams it's... It is a mystic card. And mystics themselves don't have that much to do with these tokens other than yeah, it's just that one set of spells. So keep in mind that it's just it's five XP. Like, are, yeah. you, are you really in a hurry to spend five XP on a card that is very conditional and like maybe makes some of your other cards work? No, nah, this this is like an end game card. My like feeling you're, you're, you're past the fifty card experience threshold of like, oh, I have nothing to put left in my deck. Let me throw this in. And do put in stuff. okay. Put in two level five deny existences first before your. This is after. Percent. This is after that. Inzmith <laughs> okay. has a lot of experience in it. Dan. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm playing. If, especially if you're a Mystic playing two Dells every every scenario. I'm, I'm playing Dexter uh, in this. I would like to bet you right now that I can find other things to spend experience on. That means I don't have to take this card. <laughs> uh i'm sure you could uh but you're not even you're not even playing the curse spells in dexter are you no i'm trying to so you know play play good cards actually is the strategy <laughs> i'm trying uh hey, that that cur- the cursed uh the cursed clue card is can can pop off if you got a lot of curses in there i no, see, I, I, see. <laughs> I i i think those are decent now that the favor of the whatever is out so for for real yeah but i mean like yeah. this card this card enables so many things and i think that in the same way that i feel tempt fate is like the bread and butter of any blessed or cursed curse deck this is like this is tempt fate on crack in that in one 
action. I'm, so I'm is... sad that it's not fast like Tempt Fate, but like in one action, you can have every single like cursed and or blessed thing in the bag that you need available to you, which is great. I think for, if you're going for like either a blessed or cursed, you can play your flute to the Elder Gods after you get a billion resources with a Faustian bargain or something like that. Like you can just add a ton of these because adding the curses to the bag is kind of a cost, right? Because if you already have four curse tokens in the bag, you can't add 10 blessed tokens to the bag because right. you already have four. That's kind of a downside. But also, I think for me, it's cool that Carolyn can play it and just not use it for its horror healing. And suddenly she like rockets up to being like the second best guardian with, with blesses because she could just like in one action load the bag with blesses. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, the thought of this is is if you want to do degenerate shirt nonsense, this is a, a way to refill plus tokens. <laughs> if, if, I mean, if I, I do. If your shirt wearer has run out of ways to add plus tokens for a reason. I, <laughs> I do think that this could be a part of the insane recur hallow as many times as you possibly can. Yeah. Other than that, I'm really not excited well. about it. But uh, yeah, in, in that in that kind of scenario, I'm interested to see what it could do. Oh, yeah. And Carolyn can do that, right? She can take Brave Equilibrium and Hallow. That's and she can play some secret cards to maybe draw a bunch of cards. Is kind of what I was and thinking. Tides, oh my god, she like, can she can rights of equilibrium, wait and now. then hallow. How can and then she tides play of fate. tides of fate? Oh no, yeah, no, she can play. She tides has of fate. she yeah. has like ten level zero mystic cards or something, and then tides of fate to change the ten remaining curse tokens in the bag into blessed tokens, and then hallow again. I I think that I'm sure. I, so I, yeah. I I I think that team is like Mandy, Roland, Carolyn, and then maybe a fourth person. I think is the no doom on the agenda ever team. <laughs> or no, no, no net doom on the agenda by the end of the scenario team. It's it's Ma- Mandy, Roland, Carolyn, and a player to be named later is what I'm thinking. Probably like a maybe Sister Mary. Can can those characters yeah. also like pick up a couple of clues? No, Ma- Mandy, Mandy picks up all the clues. Yeah, <laughs> the other the other three people. Yeah, it's it's Mandy with uh, archaic glyphs, and the other three people exist just to each have two copies of Hallow in their deck and recur them as many times as possible. Oh god! The more I'm talking about this, the more I really want to do it. This is, this is bad news. Uh, should we should we move on to the next card though? Yeah, let's let's move on to the less janky cards. The survivor pool. We. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, first survivor card is Jacob Morrison. Uh, he's a Coast Guard captain, nice. and it is a level three, cost three survivor asset. With one wild icon, it's an ally and blessed. Uh, Jacob Morrison does not ready during the upkeep phase. Reaction, when you would fail a skill test, exhaust Jacob Morrison, you get plus two skill value for that test. Uh, Reaction, after a blessed token is revealed from the chaos bag during a skill test, you are performing ready Jacob Morrison. Uh, One health, one sanity, takes up an ally slot. Ready? He has two health, two sanity. What did I say? He said one health, one sanity. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah, he's, so he, he's he's he's, he's a lucky. Sanity, takes a he's a lucky on a stick, basically, right? Yeah, kind of, that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking, but I was immediately reminded of um, the card from Stella's deck, Granny Warren, which is also kind of like a lucky every turn. That is not true. Quite, not quite, but uh, it's a cat lucky. 
Yeah. So oh, that's true because there's an upgraded Granny Orin that is like a little bit more like a Lucky, right? And that right, and that you right. can just do every turn. Yeah, that is kind of better. What I was and, thinking, and you can use it on other people. This one oh, is yeah. only for you. And it gives you skill boost. It gives you a will and an int. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah. It's too bad because this is like three XP is just a lot for this. But what I was thinking was if you play it in Ashcan Pete, um, that that was actually a question I had for Rules Master Ben. Oh, yeah. Suppose you're playing oh. Ashcan Pete and you have this card out. He's exhausted. If you fail mm-hmm. a test, can you use Ashcan's ability to chuck a card to ready this guy and then exhaust him, or is it like because he was exhausted, mm-hmm. you don't have a window? No. There's no timing window after you reveal that's, a token. That's what I thought. That's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, it would still be, I think, better in Ashcan than in like an average survivor because you can ready it, but again. it's still not great. Yeah, I, I think maybe maybe this would be stronger in solo. That like because otherwise, if, if you want this effect, I feel like you just play Granny Orn. Um, right. Yeah. But in solo, and, and because it only affects you, so it might be better in solo because it's when you draw a blast token or when. Uh, you fail a skill test, you get to benefit from it. And if you're throwing blast tokens in the bag, you don't really want other people drawing them <laughs> and taking them away. Uh, yeah. Unless you have, have covenants or whatnot to try to save them. It's, uh, I was about to say, yeah, go ahead. Ancient Covenant is actually pretty good because, like, especially in a solo or duo setting where you're not drawing as many, like, encounter cards and things, where you have, like, Jacob and you've got Ancient Covenant because. The amount of times, like like from Keep Faith and if you're, you know, Mary or whatever, how many ever bus tokens you have, like the amount of times that that second reaction is going to happen is very, very little. But in the event that it does happen, Ancient Covenant can like kind of be there for your auto succeed in addition to Jacob Morrison readying again and kind of making it more more of a chance that you won't fail. You could also play, if, if you're playing this guy, you probably play Favor of the Sun too. Um, to, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it's too bad. I forgot that Granny Orn existed. I think this is really a tough sell in comparison with that card, but I do, I really like the art. This dude seems cool. I kind of wish he was an investigator. He just seems cool to hang with. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll, maybe we'll see like a really absolutely nuts, like level five version of him or some point. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe in a return to whatever. It'll be <laughs> upgrade lucky. Because, yeah, just because you can't use it on other people. That's what kills it for me. But, yeah, solo, and, you know. and just it's just a lot of XP for a, an effect that's like sort of good, you know. Um, let's uh, let's move on to the final card, right? This is the last one. Last yes. one, and a card that we've seen before. We have Shrine of the Morai. It's Shrine of the mm-hmm. Morai. Uh, so let's see. So it's a survivor event. Uh, cost one, level three, willpower, intellect, and agility symbols. It's unique. Uh, it says fortune blessed and cursed. Ooh, uh, attached to your location uses three offerings. Attached location gains free trigger. Draw the top card of the encounter deck. Exhaust shrine of the Morai and spend one offering. Return up to two cards with a total combined level of five or less from your discard pile to your hand. Uh, yeah, th- this is. It looks. It's pretty much exactly the same as the version that was at the unfortunately the most recent Arkham Knights a year and a half ago, right? Uh, oh yeah, it's a little different. Right. It has it has icons on it, and it costs less experience. Right, yeah, but the the, the text is the same though. The text is basically the same, yeah. Exactly I feel like they might they might have like gone in back with that that original card, and they were like, "This is terrible, right?" 
Yeah, we should probably add some icons and make it maybe less experience. Well, isn't it? I, I think I, I think it was Dane that was joking. Maybe it was Ben that was saying the whole point, the whole reason people designed this card at Arcanites was that they wanted to have a survivor card that was higher than level three. Yeah. So, yeah. and they were like so proud and like ha- happy when that happened. And then, uh, well, it's actually going to be a level three. So it it's extremely funny to me that they waited until you know 20, 2020, like four years into the game released like two really powerful above level three survivor cards and then dig deep and then they decided this was not worth being level four that is really really funny <laughs> um, but uh i don't know i mean the card itself is okay it's it's a little it's a little weird um we, we kind of get like the weird unique designs when we get like the crew of people designing it so that's always good to, to get different ideas in there yeah it's fun um it this does allow people other than survivors to recur cards yeah um which survivors have basically have a monopoly on that um in their in the in the red card pool so this you know you attach to a location and other people can maybe look back powerful cards that they want to incur like hollow um, <laughs> um you know so like the yeah but it, the cost is to draw a card encounter card to get those back and you also have to be at whatever location this was played at it's it's really um, dependent on the scenario. Some scenarios, maybe you really don't care about encounter cards. Maybe you know it's mostly will treacheries and you have very high will. You know, maybe maybe you're um, a Stella or somebody, and you're just like, fine, whatever, I'll fail it. Uh, yeah, you know, I I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You you could definitely get some hallows back with this. Yeah, I th- it, it is a very generous like, I guess. Uh, variety of cards that you can get right you pretty much any deck in the game or any card in the game you can get back with it but the cost of an encounter card is like if there's ancient evils in your deck oh yeah deck just don't 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 (laughs) stop because that completely that negates the effect of playing a hallow right that's what you're trying that's what you're trying to avoid although in i mean you're also playing wards in that group i think but you know right yeah yeah but yeah you could use this to yoink back uh your hollow, your wards, and stuff. The, the part of the generic, recur- generic recursion deck Dan really wants to do, uh, maybe this could somehow fill in there. Uh, what is a little weird about it is uh, because it's unique, it does there's it doesn't go away, right? Right. That's what I was about to say. Uh, you can't you can't get rid of it unless like the location leaves play uh, or whatever. You can't even yeah. play it on loop. Put it on his weird location and then have it poof away. Yeah, that's true. So, so unfortunately, that means like you couldn't even have plan on having two of these in your deck for, without doing a specific scenario where you know the location's going to get trashed. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice network terminology there, Ben. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, the Mayan virus is spreading. If I had a magical like uh, digital table where I played Arkham cards on, uh, when I throw away a card, <laughs> I put it in a little trash can. That's what I mean by trash. <laughs> Um, okay. You mean if you were so, playing a game, but like cyber, like with bits and internet and stuff and connections no, through the no, cyber webs? I don't know if I go that far. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, it's an interesting card. I think I'm sure you can do something degenerate where you recur non cyber cards and do some crazy nonsense. So, and that's the purpose of this card, uh, I think, is to, <laughs> to to recur over stuff. I don't know if you'd put it in a a standard deck that's the intent right yeah. of, of putting this card in your deck you're looking for very specific reason to do this i think you gotta yeah. you gotta be enjoying the kind of fun like party aspect of it almost like the uh, what was that like lockbox card that was also an archivist yeah. card 
yeah. where like everyone the, helps unlock it and then the you unlock it. Yeah. Unlocks it and then everybody gets like a one card from their deck. This is kind of the same. It's just too bad that it exhausts so you can't just like everyone gets to use it at the same time. But it's, it's it exhaust. Yeah, on. but but it, but it's similar where it's like a it's a thing that like oh I'll, I'll drop it on this location like you're putting down like a soul well or something, you know. So it's Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I think it's neat for those design aspects. I just I think it might be hard to find a place in yeah, most decks. I'm I'm never gonna play this, but you know it's fine. <laughs> I think I'd include it as a one of because it's like the effect is kind of never bad if you know that the encounters counter cards are like not great or, or don't really matter. Right? I'm just like, uh, yeah. I'm just really not sure yeah, why right. why people care so much about getting cards back from their discard pile when you could just cycle your deck and then get all the cards <laughs> back from your discard pile, but. Hey, whatever. Everyone, you know, you, people, can, people can play the game in different ways. That's fine. Uh, yeah, so Cyrus so are definitely a lot more about cycling their deck. Maybe a Seeker's not going to benefit this as much, but uh, you know, sometimes there's scenarios that just trash cards in your deck and you're sad because you, you miss them in a cycle, you know? Yeah. Like, Dun- like Dunwich. Remember Dunwich? Just trash cards. That's so uh, well. That's that that's the that's the best use of this card that we've forgotten all about. Is it helps you find Jazz Mulligan a little bit faster, right? <laughs> that is true. Although you can't even play it in your deck unless it's you're a, doing, it's it's you're a, doing it's a it's a jazz detector. It helps detector. in uh, whatever the last scenario of um, Dream Zone is. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> See, card cards. And hey, it's not that like there's that has, has a central location in it too. It's not like there's absolutely terrifying encounter cards in that scenario. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> but, so, but sometimes you have to draw encounter cards to to get the yeah, combo you need to advance the scenario. That know? is true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Man, where the gods will hide. Uh, apropos of nothing, that's just like one of the best scenarios. That's so good. It definitely is. <laughs> it that is a such a contentious scenario. Um, it's a thing that we get to we get to lord it over all the solo players because we're like, oh, yeah, we, we like, actually love it. We have a great it, time it's playing. It's like a terrible <laughs> solo experience, um, but I, it, it's a fantastic like two plus player. Experience. It's one of the one of the absolute uh, best. Two, yeah, two player. It's I think the math for two player. There's like a there's a slim chance it can be impossible. I think if you go too slow at the beginning. Um, but three, four player, it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. That's it. Scroll us to the, the slide with all of our various socials that we want people to like and subscribe and all that jazz. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this is follow so us on Orchid. And into the, like the last player card that we're going to see anyway. And like one thing that's interesting for me in this set is like really some people come into the people are coming into the game now. Right. And, and they're asking like what sets to get that like if if they like seeker like what do we think about uh like what's the best set to get and this set it's interesting because like most of the power level of these cards is curved directly around blessed and cursed tokens and in that sense it's kind of more compartmentalized because you can't really just like pick a pack out of the set and then just do it i guess if you were to pick a pack it would be the one with bless uh the favor of the sun and moon in it right in addition to the core set or whatever like so really Innsmouth Conspiracy feels like less of a universally accessible uh, set in the sense of like, if you're, if you're going through and picking up these later on, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I see, yeah, there's not really like one pack where you're like, Oh, you gotta get this pack. Cause it has right. a extremely powerful card in it. Cause it doesn't really work without the core set or the, uh, actually, you guys are wrong. It's this pack cause it has area, area and these twine in it. So this is actually <laughs> the one that you're supposed to get. Uh, yeah, but why? <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy I could clear that up for you guys. 
<laughs> no, but I mean, like, if you go back to Dunwich, right? You're like, oh, that has like charisma and like all like everything you want, basically. <laughs> like it's deduction twos. It's got like all it of the ridiculous right, line here and stuff. Like there, there's a lot of cards that like I forget were, were not in the core set that were actually in Dunwich. Yeah, yeah, and in Kargosa to some extent, right? So like, but I mean, it did give us a lot of cool stuff. Mateo made out like a bandit man. His yeah. card pool just like tripled with his with. with I have a long list of investigators that he deemed D tier or worse. That I want to try again and realize they're still maybe D tier. <laughs> That's so <laughs> weird. Maybe a more holy. Or like, I, want, I want to give Mateo another shot. I still, I still have to play a freaking. Uh, uh, I forgot her name. The writer that came out. I haven't had to play her at all yet. Gloria. Gloria, yeah. Got a very long list. I got to play a lot more. I, can, I do. Uh, uh, I I am actually interested in playing somebody with the Holy Spirit. That sounds fun. Like I, I want to give that a yeah. shot. But yeah, I'm the Holy Spirit deck. I want to do. I'm sure. I'm way more. I'm uh, I'm way more. Oh man, you know what we should call the team that tries to like win with zero doom. What about like the Legion of Zero Doom or the Legion of No Doom or something like that. <laughs> Like Zero there's gotta be there's gotta be some kind of pun we could have. No, that's what I'm really Zero. excited for. Zero I, The yeah. thing that's the funniest to me about the cycle is that like all these blessed things, right? Because he's like a pastor priest or whatever, and he's like super blessed. And Rex, the cursed guy, never got anything specific catering towards him. In fact, he can't play a lot of the things. Well he can are, no, he can he can Rick? play like the secret, the stirring up trouble, those cards. I mean they're not great, but he can play them. Does, does Rex have a can play curse cards thing? That no, just, he, he can't play fortune cards. Oh. And alternate skids can play as many copies of fortune cards as he wants. Luckily, most blessed card or some blessed cards are also fortunes, so he can just like stack up on weird stuff now. <laughs> got, a, mm. got a lot of weird investigators, but anyway, how does everybody else feel about the Ismith conspiracy? Uh, while we're closing up here. Uh, maybe maybe a thing to think about. What was your favorite moment in this cycle? I know I referenced uh, like leading out of the car window with Nathaniel Cho and punching a van so hard that it blows up. Uh, for me, that's that's the high point. Other than like wrestling babies in the lighthouse. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we could recap some of these moments uh, whenever we do a recap episode. Whenever this yeah. you know this will be because this have been released. You know, as is typical <laughs> now for some reason. <laughs> Come check out uh, the Discord. We're going to be talking about fish babies and much more uh, coming out. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. Reach out to us on Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Email us at comments at mur.fm. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Be safe, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.